Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which today we're going to talk about CDPs, customer data platforms, with Zach Wenty, who is the CDP evangelist at Treshift Data. Welcome, Zach. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. Uh, we've been trying to do this for a little while, so mm-hmm. uh, glad we finally pulled that off. Uh, yeah, I'm my name is Zach, and and I am the CDP evangelist for Treasure Data, as you said. Um, my background has always been in Martech. Uh, I started my career originally in marketing, moved to kind of the role of of a consultant, but really a marketing technologist before Scott Brinker made that cool and gave it a title, um, and have always. We spent a lot of my time on the delivery side doing implementation, strategy, planning, digital transformation across marketing automation, CRM, BI. And so it was just kind of this natural evolution when CDPs kind of started to crop up. Uh, I saw an opportunity to go to the kind of the product world and and uh, I've been here for uh, almost five years now in CDP land, which it makes me ancient um, uh, as far as as far as mm-hmm. CDP goes. So, uh, you know, happy to happy to chat. Cool, cool. So talking about those CDPs, well, I might be mistaken, but a couple of years ago, like two, three years ago, everyone was talking about CDPs and how that was going to replace a lot of stuff and third party cookie abandonment was was uh, was coming, etc. But the last year, I, I don't hear that much about CDPs anymore. Is that is that something you see as a trend as well? Or am I just overseeing something? Well, I think it it's changed absolutely. I think we've gone from the early adopter phase uh, of CDPs where there was a lot of buzz and excitement and a lot of unknowns and people didn't really know. So you get a lot of questions and and you know commentary and you know the analysts put out a lot of content about it and and you know there's a lot of blog posts and all that. Uh, and now we're moving really into more of a traditional um you know kind of mainstream, you know, we're we're past the early adopters. You know, we're not to the laggards yet, but we're we're in that mainstream. And so I think people are just implementing. They're doing their they're doing their due diligence. They they kind of know who um you know the players are. Some of them have been acquired, some of them have left the game. I think in that regard, some of the arms races calmed down a little bit. Um and then I think the other big change is the economic market, right? We've we've switched um you know, in tech, there's a lot, a lot of slowdown in investment, and and so the ones that are strong and stable, um, you know, are just out there doing work, and and then the others who were making a lot of noise with investment rounds and growth and acquisitions, um, you know, are now are are now trying to kind of you know build a build a business around it. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's the change. But they're still we're growing. We were still seeing a lot of customers join. Um, treasure data, but just the CDP category in general, um, and, and still a lot of a lot of interest in the in the challenge and the problem that a CDP wants to solve. So, so the market is maturing. So that's that's well, that's that's a good explanation, I think. Um, talking about this, let's say the definition of CDPs, because I I've spoken to a lot of people that sell or. Um, are our software developers that build CDPs, et cetera. Um, and every every time I talk to people that that claim they sell a CDP or they use a CDP, they have a different definition. So for the listeners, what's your defini- definition of a CDP or what's the treasure data CDP? Yeah. So that 
that is the kind of million dollar question I think in you know in the categories you know what's included and what's not included and and I think at the end of the day you know if you if you go to the analyst you know definition um it it fairly matches kind of how we think about it but it's the idea that it's a marketing tech that unifies customer data across all channels to enable understanding insights and and ultimately action on the data to make that data available and now that can take many different forms but but really the core of a cdp is to bring all of a company's customer data primarily for marketing but also from support sales other you know other places that customer data lives into a single unified profile then to make that available to the rest of the organization uh, i think if you start there that is a core definition that you can you know that you can uh, evaluate others against mm-hmm. cool cool so um th- that that whole let's say um effort to have your data unified why is that important for marketers well you know if you think about um you know for marketers they're often dealing with you know even in the smallest organizations maybe dozens of channels where a customer may interact and to the customer they see a single brand they don't care that the email system is disconnected from the social system, which is disconnected from the loyalty platform, which is disconnected from the online e-commerce platform. Um, and, and so when they interact, they want to be able to move, you know, as a consumer, move nimbly between all those. Well, as a marketer, you're left holding the bag trying to figure out how do I send an email and tell the loyalty platform that that email went out so that we can personalize the offer so that when they come into on shop online, all of those things are tied together, right? And and marketing operations have spent a lot of time, you know, wiring things together. And that and it's good in a lot of and there's a lot of systems. But what happens when you add the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and you just keep adding, you know, new platforms, it becomes unwieldy. Um, and so having all of that data together first just makes life a little bit easier, but secondarily unlocks a lot of opportunity because now when you're thinking analytics and when you're thinking, you know, understanding that customer, understanding that consumer, you're no longer creating a proxy value in multiple systems, right? So the definition of engaged in social is different than the definition of engaged in email. And how do you, how do you layer those together and build reports and analytics and modeling off of all of that if the data is not in the same place? So that's, that's one of the big advantages that, that a CDP offers um, one of the other advantages that I hear a lot about is to to have a single source of truth to uh, store your own first party data. So with the abandonment of of cookies, etc., um, of third party cookies, um, this is has become way more important. Is 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 this something uh, that is important for a lot of your customers as well? That that let's say own your own rails or own your own data strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, this is this is probably one of the most uh, most talked about topics. It, it's calmed down a little bit because of the sky, the sky kind of quit falling in the Google world with with the abandonment of of um, you know cookies. It's not quite there, so I think people have had a little time to figure out their strategy, and maybe that's why it got a little quieter in the CDP world too. But the reality is, there's always change. We always see new entrance to the market, new exits to the market. And, and if you own your own data, you have control 
You have data portability, meaning I can go and activate on a new channel that I've never been on before without having to go build an audience, go pay to, to you know, pixel them and, and grow them. I can start to do, you know, custom audiences from my, my exact, you know, my existing audience, be it lookalike, be it direct targeting, whatever. Um, I can replace my email system, right? So no longer do I, am I dependent on all that data being in my email platform. If I hate my email platform, I can go get a new one. And now the CDP can be the brain that then feeds and makes that email system smarter. So it gives a lot of control back to the marketers. So they're not locked into multiple different kind of vendors view of how they should integrate and how they Mm -hmm. should operate. I love that. I love that. You know, that's that's very useful to a lot of marketers. Um, for those marketers that are listening at the moment and are not quite getting the idea yet, could you give some examples of, of how this works in practice? So how can marketers pragmatically set up a campaign? Maybe you have a reference case or whatsoever or uh, a, a case which has worked out very well that that in with by using a CDP, um, just to make this a more tangible for listeners. Sure. Yeah, I've I've got a couple, and and we'll kind of I'll, I'll do two ends of the spectrum. One is, you know, more direct to consumer type business. Um, so they sell healthy, you know, healthy meals, uh, you know, delivered delivered to your door. And one of their one of their challenges was obviously understanding who their customer was. So they have. You know, e-commerce, they target a lot of different personas or identities, um, you know, being healthy food. You know, obviously you have the idea of a runner, or an athlete, uh, you know, a triathlete, uh, you know, whatever. Then there's also the weight loss kind of niche, right? Keto, paleo, mm-hmm. um, you know, are you on a diet or are you healthy living? And, and having all of those, you know, those metrics were were great and they were building a lot of advertising. They were pumping a lot of dollars into kind of that that interest targeting. Well, as they were raising money, one of the challenges that the uh, investor group asked is really, okay, great, but who is your most profitable, most, you know, most engaged audience? And they struggled to answer that because they had data kind of spread all over the place. So using the CDP, they were able to do a couple things. One is bring in all of that transactional data. So all of the purchase data, all of the repurchase data, all of the engagement, how often they, they engaged on the app, how much data they actually had on those people. So being able to understand customers who are who are engaged in your brand will give you more data, right? They'll fill out surveys, they'll join loyalty programs, they'll give you, you know, beyond the basic information. So having that completeness of profile is also a great metric to understand. Um, they took all that information. They layered that with multi-touch attribution where what channels were they coming from? What, what kind of, you know... Uh, content did they engage with they had hundreds of blog posts they layered all that in and then they went out to a third party and they bought a bunch of demographic data uh data they didn't have access to so lifestyle information uh you know age income all of that and they layered all three of those kind of things together so their their purchase data from their customers they layered the interaction and behavioral data of those customers and then demographic and what they found out is the highest, most engaged audience actually was an aging parent. So somebody who either had kids, uh, you know, maybe in high school and was sports, they were very active and they were busy, or they were recent empty nesters. And they found from this audience and from some then follow-up research, these were people who still wanted to eat healthy, but they were on the go a lot. So they weren't cooking big meals. Uh, sometimes it was just for 
you know, the husband or just probably the husband and wife. Um, so they, the, the, you know, the convenience of that, but they, they didn't want to do fast food. They didn't want to do takeout. They wanted to do something, you know, more convenient. That's very contradictory to the advertising you see they run. A lot of their ads that they were running were targeted at an athlete, at a runner, at a, Mm -hmm. you know, at at a health person. And so being able to understand who your customer is versus who you think they are right there allowed them to change strategies around what did their ad look like? What does their content look like? What a, how do they want to engage with those people? How do they um, do follow-up? Where do they put their investments? So that's a, that's a great uh, example from, absolutely. you know, taking somebody, I'll, I'll flip it and throw it to the completely other side of the spectrum. So in, we have an automotive, um, we have an automotive manufacturer and, but they face a problem that a lot of people face, right? They, you know, if you think about it, when you bought a car, on average, they used to say a, a, a person would visit a dealership seven seven times, um, you know, seven visits before they would make a purchase. So they come in, they look around, they look again, they come, they meet, all of these kind of touch points. And the salesperson was able to kind of predict the likelihood of a customer purchasing. Well, now we've shifted, right? Now we buy things online. We do most of our research, you know, digitally. And so on average, I think it's 1.5 visits to this for this manufacturer for all across all their dealerships 1.5 visits on average uh physically well now a, a salesperson's basically guessing off of one interaction whether that person is going to buy or not and and their ability to guess was, was is very poor but when we layered machine learning and we looked at that interaction data we looked at that behavioral data and we looked at a propensity driven model right within the cdp to say what is their likelihood to buy we were able to be double digits double-digit improvement on accuracy, which means marketing can be more effective. They can focus on the people who are maybe fence-sitters. They're in the middle. Um, if, if they're if they're very low likely to buy, spending dollars on them is probably not a good investment. So cut them out. If they're really highly likely to buy, same thing. They're not, they're, they're, they're committed. It's just a timing thing. So maybe advertising, you change your advertising up, you can, you can decrease your, your prioritization, your spend on that. And you focus that that impact on the middle who are still, you know, wavering, um, you know. But then you also, from a sales perspective, and most importantly, from a forecasting and operational perspective, being able to understand what is actually going to sell this month, this quarter, you know, this half year, this year, and and being able to tie all that information together. So, using customer data, you know, to to understand your your org and the the output that's going to happen is also a great uh, a great way customers may use a CDP. Love it. Love it. And it makes it so tangible and and so clear that that this is taking out the the guessing in your campaign or the assumptions that you're having as a marketer. Uh, what you, it makes it it makes it crystal clear. Um these are examples for listeners that of companies that really successfully use the CDP. Um when they're our listeners so that that might consider start using a cdp you probably also have seen use cases where there is no fit or in other words what what companies do you recommend not to start using a cdp or which scenarios do you recommend to follow if if they're not ready for a cdp yet yeah i so so when when a customer's you know needs a cdp they generally have a large amount of customer data in a lot of places. 
So the inverse of that is if you are a, if you're primarily a single or kind of, you know, multi-channel, but not really omni-channel, um, you know, operator. So you, most of your customers buy online from you. You don't have physical store locations or you run an app and everybody has to kind of come through and authenticate in that, that app. So you have a, a controlled point to, to capture, you know, data and information. A lot of times you can do that with your existing systems. You can, you know, if you, if you've got a signal channel online and you already have an email system, you may be able to do a lot of uh, deduplication and, and, you know, matching of profiles together, even if they have two e-commerce profiles right within your, your email platform where you outgrow those tools is really when you, when you start to have that true omni-channel or multi-channel or you start to go globally. You start to look at how do I how do I do that here in the U.S.? How do I do that in Australia, New Zealand? How do I do that in 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 Europe and and so forth? And so, being able to kind of look at that from from a variety of regions or multiple brands. That's just where the complexity grows enough that you move into the world of needing a CDP. But if you're operating and you you know you generally don't Maybe you just don't have a view into your customers. That's where I, I always say, start with your BI. Can your BI do it? You know, it's like, well, if you don't have the data altogether, okay. There's like, there's this kind of, you know, flow chart of, of kind of checkpoints. Okay. If your data is not together, can you get it together? If the answer is no, eh, you might be a candidate for CDP. It's how many channels do you have? Multiple channels? Ah, you might be a candidate for CDP. So, so kind of thinking through it in, um, you know, existing systems, we always, the coolest thing about CDP and the coolest thing about treasure data is we don't want to come in and replace everybody's tech stack. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people are afraid of CDPs. They feel like they need to. We sit in the middle. We become a broker of data for all of these systems. We want to make your email system smarter. We want to make your loyalty platform smarter. We want to give them better data so that they can, they can do what they do. We don't, we as a company don't do execution. There are, there are marketing clouds out there that have, a CDP and have an email platform and they want you to buy into that whole world. And, and that's where I think we're, we're very different in the sense that build what's right and what's best for your organization and, and let us help make all of that smarter. And I think that is a huge opportunity for, um, you know, for listeners and for, for anybody who's kind of evaluating a CDP to understand what do you do well right now? What can be improved and where can the CDP fit into that? And that's a great way to kind of determine if you're ready. Cool. So you're you're like a truly like a best of breed solution in CDPs, fitting in in a Martech stack. Um, this this is such valuable info that you shared in this episode, Zach. So I would like to thank you very much because unfortunately we've become we've already come to the the end of the show. Um, I, I'm gonna share your info, so your LinkedIn profile and the website for Treasure Data in the show notes. So Perfect. should people want to reach out to you, they can always link you on LinkedIn. Make sure you mention that you've learned about Zach on the Marketing Technology Podcast because you probably you'll get a lot of requests um, and you, you'd like to know where they come from. And again, thank you for the valuable insights, Zach, and thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, 
shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.